As often as we do it, remember him. And then I think the last time I talked about communion, I, I gave you some viewpoints of what people think actually happens with those elements at, at the table. And uh, my take on it was it's a mystery. There, the, the word mystical, the, the New Agers have tried to steal our word, but there, there is a mystical thing that happens that's supernatural. There, his presence comes, his life comes to us. Don't try to explain it. Don't try to rationalize it away. You can have your opinion on what happens, but just receive the life of Christ when you, when you participate in communion. Uh, where I wanted to go today is, is I talked about a couple of weeks ago about the difference between the remembrance of sins that is what the animal sacrifices did and the remembrance of Christ, which is what happens at the communion table. We're, we are called to be Christ rememberers, yes. not sin rememberers. So I wanted to start today with a verse that some people think is a little scary. First uh, Corinthians 11, if you want to turn there this morning. God, we thank you for your word. Speak to us this morning, Lord, and uh, let, it, let it be life to our souls, God. We thank you, Lord, for your body, for your blood, for your presence that's with us always. In Jesus' name, amen. First Corinthians 11, starting at verse 27. Uh, Paul was actually giving the Corinthian church a little bit of what for about how they were celebrating the communion meal. And in verse 27, he says, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we judged ourselves, we would not come under judgment. How many of you have ever been somewhere where that verse scared you? You know, maybe somebody preached something like, you know, if you have sin in your life... You better not come to the communion table this morning. Or, or maybe as a kid you're sitting there thinking, oh man, I just I cussed at the neighbor's dog or something. And if, if I go take communion, I, I might die right on the spot. Like the, the heavens are going to open, lightning's going to strike me, and that will be all she wrote. Yeah, there are churches where they say, if you don't go confess your sins first, don't even come up to this table. Is God the author of fear? So do you think that kind of attitude would be from God? Is not the the table supposed to be a place of remembering some good news that happened? So what does Paul mean by this passage? We're supposed to be Christ remembering as Jesus commanded. He, He said, do this in remembrance of me. He didn't say come to the communion table in remembrance of sin. That's not the main focus of the table. The focus is supposed to be Christ. So don't be scared of that verse this morning. Know that God loves you and he wants you to come participate in his life. Uh, I looked at that verse a little closer. I believe the, the examining of yourself, which we're all supposed to do according to that verse, we're supposed to examine ourselves. The, the examining of yourself is supposed to be, I need to remind myself right now because I'm coming in remembrance of him, I need to examine and remind myself like, oh, look, there's Christ. I'm a new creation. I'm I'm examining myself and coming into agreement with what he said about me in his word. 
guys are all looking at me kind of funny. I mean, if, if, you, if you want to, you can examine yourself and say, oh, you know what, that, the way I talked to Pam this morning, that doesn't belong there. Because as I examine myself, I'm looking through the lens of the Word and the truth. And, and hopefully you are desiring to see yourself and others the same way God sees them. How many of you say, oh, well, when God looks at my life, He doesn't see me, He doesn't see my sins, He sees Christ, right? We've all said that, come on. Is that true or not? So when we examine ourselves, we should be coming and reminding ourselves, remembering that He paid a price for me. He placed me in Him. I I examine myself, and if you don't come away from examining yourself, agreeing with Him, you've missed the point of it. Everybody say, that's good news. Because it is. Even if you don't... Even if you're not agreeing with me at the moment, it is. That's good news. Um, it says you don't want to eat or drink in an unworthy manner. I looked up in, uh, in Vine's commentary. It, it talks about an unworthy manner. That is not a comment on the condition of your soul. When it says don't eat or drink in an unworthy manner, it's talking about how you view the elements. And... When it says unworthy manner, the connotation is, do you think this is a supernatural body and blood of Christ encounter I'm having, or do I think that's just a piece of bread and a little bit of juice? Because that's what unworthy manner means. That's why Paul was given the Corinthian church the what for. Because they were treating it as a common meal. They, they came hungry. They overate. They let the people who didn't have enough go hungry and starve. And he's saying, hey, that's not the Lord's Supper you're celebrating. You're eating it in an unworthy manner. And basically, he goes on later to tell them, if you're hungry, eat at home first. You know, when you come, come regarding this as a sacred moment that I'm going to encounter the Lord. That's more good news. Because he's not saying the unworthy manner is, oh man, I'm I'm so I'm such a sinner, I'm so low. The unworthy manner is, do I think that's a supernatural experience, or is that just another loaf of bread that you could go buy at Giant Eagle? That's why Paul brought correction when it says you'll be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That sounds pretty scary, doesn't it? Like, oh man, if, uh, it's okay to sin against Greg or Jeff, but sinning against the body and blood of the Lord, oh, I don't know. You know, that sounds scary. That When it says sinning against, uh, that could also be translated as profaning. And I, I went and looked up profaning because I needed to know. And one of the definitions of profane is it means to regard something as not sacred. That it, that is just, it is earthly, it is worldly. So if... If you eat and drink in an unworthy manner, this is what you're guilty of. You are guilty of thinking, that's just worldly. It's just a piece of bread and it doesn't do anything for me. That's making sense to anybody. Okay? All right, everybody's still with me. So, you know, you come. If it, I think it is important to be a Christian to partake of communion. Okay? That's, that's, we, we talk about having an open communion table uh, versus closed. When, when we say that, we mean if, if you are a Christian. Because there are some churches, 
if you don't belong to their church or their denomination, you can't come to the communion table. But, but we say we practice an open table, and what that means is if you are a Christian, you are free to come participate at the communion table. And why I think that's important, if you're not a Christian, how many of you know I have seen non-Christians eat bread and drink juice and they don't die? They're, they're, I, I truly, I believe with all my heart, they're not going to have some lightning strike death encounter if a non-Christian comes up and takes a piece of bread. The problem with a non-Christian participating is it means absolutely nothing. There is no life of Christ imparted to them because if you're a non-Christian, by definition, you don't have faith, right? That's right. Well, how... How does the communion table mean something? How can you please God at all? You have to have faith. So if you don't have faith to interact with the elements and what's happening in that moment, just sit in the seat. It's not going to do you any good to come to the communion table. Get saved before you come participate in communion. That's, that's why we have that viewpoint. If you aren't a Christian, you know, you, I don't, you're already in a bad place if you're not a Christian, right? Your, your, your eternal fate is not going to get any worse because you sneak up and get in the line and take a piece of bread and juice, right? If you're not a Christian, you, you've got bigger problems to deal with. You need to get saved. You need to realize the cross was for me. I don't, it's just funny. Sometimes we get this picture like God's sitting up there looking at the unbelievers saying... You're in trouble now, but you're really going to get it if you come up to that table. You know, come on. It, you know, I think he's grieving over the people that aren't saved, and and he's wanting them to come to know him. It's not going to get worse for them if they take an element. They they but they need to know. But it, to us that believe and that have faith to interact and to say, God, I'm going to receive. I believe something is happening here at this table. It makes all the difference in the world. Is is a supernatural encounter that happens. As a Christian, you're you're already worthy to come receive. Amen. That's right. Right? You, you know that verse in in Second Timothy where it talks about study to show yourself approved. That that doesn't mean if I read enough and I gain enough knowledge of of this book, I'll God will finally like me and He'll stamp His seal of approval. No, study to show yourself approved means. Man, I need to be looking through this book to find myself and see who I am. Because if I study enough, I'll realize, oh, I'm already approved. God loves me. He He even likes me. I know some of you aren't too sure of that one. You might you might think God loves me, but you're not too sure about the liking part. He even likes you. He wa- He wants to hang out with you. He wants to come be in your business and in your everyday life and know what's going on. He might not like everything we do all the time, but he likes you. That's right. That's right. He loves you. Yes. I had somebody, because I had somebody tell me that one time, like they're reading the Bible and they're saying, well, this guy, they're having problems with her. Like, well, I know I'm commanded to love that person, but the Bible doesn't say I have to like them. Really? (laughs) That's what you read and that's the argument you're going to make for treating that guy and the relationship the way it's going? called to love people and I think like is part of that why did I even say that somebody needed that that wasn't we need to like each other too you guys like me I like you 
I check with Pam every now and then. Just I'm like, Pam, I really like you. Is it mutual? Because sometimes I think, oh, she just puts up with me. But I think she likes me sometimes, too. Um, <laughs> i got to get back on track here because I'm shipwrecking myself. All right, so he says we have to recognize the body because if you don't recognize the body of the Lord, you're eating and drinking judgment on yourself. And that sounds pretty heavy duty because it is. If you don't recognize this is a supernatural occurrence and this is the life that Christ gave for me, okay? If, if you don't recognize that Christ gave his life for you, you're putting the judgment back on yourself instead of on Christ where it belongs. Let me say that again. You, you must realize Christ died for me and I'm participating in his life because if you don't recognize the body, you put the judgment back on yourself. So it would be, in, in essence, you, it would be like you're saying, okay, that whole Jesus thing, that, look at me and evaluate my works. You put, put the judgment back on yourself. And that's a dangerous place. The, the judgment belongs on Christ. And he already paid the price for it at the cross. If you come to judgment without Christ, it's always a bad thing. That's, you know. But it says, if we would judge ourselves, we won't come under judgment. That's verse 32 there in 1 Corinthians 11. If you judge yourself as in Christ... Remember the whole study, show yourself a proof thing. If I look through the scripture and I, I realize and I know that I know that I know I'm in Christ. Then I've, I have judged myself. And the, and the judgment I've passed on myself is it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Yes. Amen. All, that, all that stuff that Chris May is in the flesh, in Adam, however you want to say it, all that he did, it doesn't exist anymore. I'm, I'm Chris Mays in Christ. And if you judge yourselves that way, then you don't come under judgment you, because you've placed it all over on Christ and He's taking care of it. Is that good news? Yes. It says if, uh, if you don't recognize the body, another thing that happens, it says many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep, which does not mean you're taking a nap. It means you died. Yeah, I know... Sometimes I look out while I'm preaching and I think there's a number of you that have fallen asleep. But if that's your neighbor, give him a little elbow right now and say, pay attention. He's saying good stuff this morning. If you don't expect healing, come on, this is, this is where I want to go with this because this is important. What do we think is going to happen at that table? I'm, I preach this series because I want to stir your expectations when you come to the communion table. If you are not expecting to receive healing, well, that's why people are sick <laughs> and, and they're weak and they're, they're going to die because you're not recognizing the body of Christ of what he paid for you to have. How many of you like to get stuff that you paid for? How many of you like it even better when somebody else pays for the stuff and you get to have it? That's what happened. And if we don't recognize the body, we're not getting stuff that Jesus paid for for us to have. If you don't expect healing, then... You're just eating a piece of bread. And you're going to stay sick and die. I can't tell you exactly how it works because I think it's a mystery. But when we partake of communion, it manifests the things that the cross provided. 
as as we remember him in that moment and participate in communion, everything that the cross provided for us has an opportunity to physically manifest in that moment in our lives. Does anybody understand that? So here's what I'm saying. I'm saying, and, and it can come many other ways. People can lay hands on you. There's all kinds of ways that God can manifest healing. But if you're sick, how about this? A good idea would be to say, you know what? I am going to expect to encounter the healing presence of Christ that he provided by the stripes on his back and the sacrifice on the cross at that table. I'm going to go up there and see, God, let's see what happens. You, you eat that bread and your faith gets mixed with those elements with what happens in that moment. And I've seen people get healed just by coming and receiving communion. All the things that the cross provided have an opportunity to manifest in that moment when you come in faith and say, I'm receiving, I'm remembering, I am participating in the very life of Christ. That's more good news. Look at your neighbor maybe and tell them that's good news. I mean, that that really is. You, You can go back later this week and study it. Think about all the wonderful things the cross provided. Come on, you know, forgiveness of sins and and eternal salvation, that's like just the tip of the iceberg. You know, if if that's if that's all you're getting and wanting out of the cross, then you're selling yourself pretty short. You know, it's I, I hate to keep going back to monetary examples, but I think they resonate with people the best. It would be like if if somebody came and said, Rob, you just hit the lottery. We've got $450 million sitting in a bank account for you. And Rob goes with his new ATM card and says, I'll take five bucks. I'm kind of hungry for lunch, and that's all I need. I mean, you know, you'd be lining up behind Rob. Hey, if you're not going to use it, I'll use it. Give me some of that. But that's not how we would act. If, you know, in the natural, come on, this is sad. In the natural, people would say, man, you're stupid if you don't use everything that you've been given. You're only taking a little. you got $450 million. What are you going to do? We're expecting to hear, hey, I'm going to travel around the world. I'm going to buy houses on three different continents. I'm going to you know, give money to AIDS research and cure charity. All, whatever you would think you would hear Rob say he's going to do, you would not expect to hear, I'm just going to get five bucks to go to Burger King on the way home. Right? Wendy's. <laughs> Rob's a, Rob's a Wendy's guy. Sorry. Well, I'll pray for you later. Thank God Burger King got rid of the king. We wouldn't do that in the natural with money. Why do we do that with spiritual things? Here is this vast thing that that Christ provided for us through the cross. Why would we come and say, well, all I need is to get saved and then leave me alone. That's that's enough. That's I'm happy with where I am now. I've got my my eternal destination secure, which is a big deal. I'm not trying to make light or minimize that. That is a big deal. The angels in heaven rejoice. That's right. But why would we stop right there? I got. I need to read a verse. Was, this is a really good verse. Second Peter one, 
3 and 4. It says, His divine power. His divine power. That's, how many of you would like a little bit of divine power? That, that is like, you, you could literally translate that as God-infused dynamite. I mean, that's, that, is, that is what that means. God power is divine dunamis. Um, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in this world caused by evil desires. His God power, His divine power gave us how much of what we need? Everything. It gave us all. It gave us all. Where, where was that God power released into our lives? It's not a trick question. At the cross. The moment you entered into Christ. Access to everything you need. His divine power released it in your life. Pretty amazing deal. Because I, I had not, I brought nothing to the table. I, I got a, I got, I got hurts, wounds, baggage, and a, and a yes. boatload of sin. Yes. Yeah. Here, that's yes. what I got. To, <laughs> you know, somebody's coming with their 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 dumpster full of, you know, decaying, yes. six months old maggot infested trash, mm-hmm. and they're and they're like here. <laughs> and yeah. the father Thank looked at that Lord. and said. I'll take care of that. Give me that. Give me that. Give me that. Give me that. And here's what I got for you. I just, I just hear the Price is Right guy saying like, "Tell them what they won, Johnny." And it's, it's like more than you could imagine. You know, I gave my trash and my junk, and you gave me everything I need for life and godliness. That's an amazing deal. Because there's a lot of stuff that happens in life that you need stuff for. When you come to the communion table, you get to say, Lord, I need that. That's part of what you paid for. Will you release it in my life in this moment? If, if you've got a broken relationship, you can come to that table and say, Lord, I'm going to receive what the cross paid for in my family. I'm going to believe that as I partake of those elements, you are going to heal, restore, and reconcile that relationship. All the things of the curse that says Jesus became a curse for us when he hung on the tree. All of those things that you look at in Deuteronomy and think, man, that is a raw deal to live under the curse. You get to say, man, I've been walking in poverty. You know what? I'm going to believe that God is going to release prosperity upon my life as I partake in the benefits of the cross. How about this? You're pregnant and you think, man, I'm afraid of childbirth because I've heard it's so painful and all these horror stories. Do you know that's part of the curse? Why don't you come to the communion table and and just start to exercise a little bit of faith and say, God, I'm going to believe that as I participate in your life, I'm not going to have any pain when I have a baby. Come on. Is that too much of a stretch for some people? We can believe for somebody to get saved and we can believe maybe for a relationship to get restored. But, you know, childbirth is painful, Pastor. That's a known fact. 
It's part of the curse. All that stuff that's under the curse. It says Jesus became that for us so we wouldn't have to live under it anymore. You go back to Deuteronomy this week and you start to read the passage about the blessings and say, God, I'm going to believe that all those are available for me as I come to the communion table. That's going to manifest in my life. Because when you come in faith, you have an opportunity for everything that the cross paid for to manifest in your life. And I am not talking, there are good things that happen in the spirit realm, but I am saying physically, physically, that you can see, taste, touch, and talk about, stuff will manifest in your life. Yeah, let's clap. That's a good clap point, Tom. Let's stand up. That would be a good place to stop today. Always leave them wanting more. Quit while you're ahead. If you're wondering, that was Galatians 3.13 where it talks about Christ redeemed us from the curse because He became one for us. Man, that, that, that's awesome. I'm going to read that verse because that's so good, okay? Back, let's put it on the screen and read it together. How's that? We'll do verse 14 too, so be ready to, to move it. Let's all read this together. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Let's do 14. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. That's awesome news. You know, it, unless you were born in a Jewish household, you are the Gentiles. That's, look at your neighbor say, I'm a Gentile. And you get to participate in what God promised to His people through Christ. And here is the secret, the bonus gift of all bonus gifts that you could ever imagine. It says we receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Emmanuel, God with us, literally comes to live inside of us. That is awesome. That's not just good news. That's awesome news. Mm. All right. So. When you come to the communion table, and, and next week is a first Sunday, so we're going to do it in the middle of service together. And, and that's, oh God. <laughs> I, almost, I almost feel like I stand up on the chair now to get back up above. When you come individually or with your families to the communion table every week, Believe that the victory of the cross is going to manifest in your life, whatever you need. When we do it all together next week, there, there is a corporate thing that, that I believe, like those prayers that we prayed this morning for our neighborhood. Those, those prayers for our neighborhood where God's you know, cutting off the work of the enemy and, and manifesting His kingdom. I believe that as we take communion together, that releases that corporate anointing to manifest the victory of the cross, not, not just in our individual life, but in the atmosphere of, of neighborhoods, cities, and nations. 
we, we, ought, we ought to be excited about communion. You know, that, that ought to be like... <laughs> we get to remember Jesus. We, we get to, to enter into all that he has for us. God. We get to participate in the divine nature we read. I know some of you. I know is is you're tired of participating in your own nature. <laughs> that wasn't so hot, but the divine nature. Man, I get to participate in all that Christ did for me and all that He is in me. It's awesome. Man. Thank you, God. Yes. Well, <laughs> here's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to have the altar ministry team come up and they will pray. But they, they may also, if you come up for prayer, don't be surprised if they get some communion elements and give them to you after this sermon. So uh, if you are still in need of, I got pain in my body, I need physical healing, I got broken relationships that I need taken care of, I'm... I'm, my finances are under attack because poverty is part of the curse. That was that was part of what. Yeah, we don't like to talk about money in church. We get antsy when the pastor starts talking about money. But God does not want you to live in poverty. Okay, He doesn't want you to go hungry. He doesn't want your family to starve. He wants to prosper all that you set your hand to, not for your own selfish gain, but because He loves you and He He wants you to to live and everything you need for life and godliness was provided. So if Ooh, that's a good one. If 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 you heard mom talking and your heart was stirred like man, I might want to serve. I'm service is a, a small still voice in the back of my mind somewhere, but it's there. Come up this morning for prayer. And and let the Holy Spirit activate you in that place and just stir your heart, stir that boldness and that desire to step out and see something happen for God as, as you serve him and put your hand to the plow. All right. Okay. We got some words of knowledge. Sweet. With a difficulty here in the bridge part of your nose, there is a hip bone that God is, God is releasing his anointing power to heal. There, there is someone that you're I believe you're being scheduled for tests and your little, the Lord's wanting to deliver you and release you from that fear. Sweet. Sweet. All right. If you didn't hear Karen, if you've been having issues on the bridge of your nose, uh, I heard the word septum as soon as you started to speak. So uh, if if you've got something going on in there, come up and get some prayer this morning. She said there is hip pain that God's going to heal. And then uh, somebody's got tests or something scheduled with the doctor that's trying to bring fear into your life and God wants to release you from that and uh, and don't be surprised if he night, wants to heal it you too roll over in bed you're experiencing pain when you roll over in bed at night it's like oh what's that coming from Lord's wanting to deliver you from that when you roll over in bed awesome 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 how about down here any words of knowledge on this end alright Connie what's going on over there All right, so if you've been having issues on your right side, pain or just general problems with your right side, come up and get some prayer. Lydia? All right, so something going on with your ears. If that's, if that's you, come up and see 